from the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. It's the Craig Needles Podcast here at ClassicRock981.com, LondonNewsToday.ca, and wherever it is you get your podcast. And I want to break down the months-long rigmarole, if you want to use that, when it comes to naming a seventh member of the Police Services Board. Here's the background, if you don't know. Council names members of various boards and committees that serve in the city when they're first elected. Those people get appointed to four-year terms. Susan Toth, a few months after getting appointed to a four-year term, uh, decided to leave the Police Services Board for a, a variety of reasons. And we've heard Susan talk about those reasons, and that's fine. So then they had to replace her, of course. Council gets one member of the Police Services Board that they can select from the community. There are three members of council that get on there. So they go to select somebody and they select Ryan Goss. But then there's instantly a pushback from the community saying, hey, we need a more diverse police services board. And I tend to agree with that. I don't think that having a police services board that's 87% white was a great idea. So they go back to the drawing board. They redo the process. And it's been noted on this podcast and elsewhere before, the way the city appoints to boards and commissions is not a very good idea. It's not a very good process. So they decide they're going to redo the process. That's good. And when they make that decision, when they make that choice, they say, we're going to interview five different people for this role. One of them is Joseph Wabagijig, who was the choice of some councillors in the original process. One was Ryan Goss, who was the choice of a majority of councillors. One was Stephen D'Amelio. And there were two other folks, Gita Canaran and Michelle Anderson. And after the interview process, and they talk to these folks and they have conversations with them, two wound up emerging. So there were votes for three of the five at a meeting last night. First, There were seven votes for Ryan Goss from, surprisingly, Elizabeth Peloza, who wasn't at the meeting where Goss was appointed the first time, but put her colleagues on blast for appointing Goss in the first place back in the spring. Then she votes for him this week. That was a surprise to some, myself included. So she voted for Goss, as did Susan Stevenson, Peter Cuddy, Jerry Pribble, Steve Lehman, Paul Van Meerbergen, Steve Hillier. These, I think, it's fair to say, would be considered the more conservative members of council. And that's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with voting for Goss and standing by your vote. I think it's misreading the situation. That's not the way I would have gone. But if you want to vote for the guy, that's, that, that's fine. That's your prerogative. I think it's a little bit different in Pelosi's case when she was putting her colleagues on blast for selecting the guy three months ago, but now she's okay to vote for him. I'm wondering what changed there, but we'll talk about that later. So that's what happens. And Goss gets seven votes. Stephen D'Amelio gets six. He, of course, is the past president of Pride London Festival. He's going to be on this podcast later. And Stephen is someone who I think is a pretty impressive guy. And for context, if you're wondering about the diversity aspect of it, he's also a black guy. So we talk about that as far as the diversity angle of it goes. I think there is merit to having a diversity of lived experience on a board like this one. I think that matters. I think that is relevant. 
people talk about selecting the best candidate. I think selecting the best mix of people is a good way to do things. So I thought that Stephen D'Amelio was a great choice for this. I think he would have been a really, really excellent addition to the police services board. And agreeing with me would be counselors Skylar Frank, as well as Sam Trosso, as well as Hadley McAllister, Corinne Rahman, and then Sean Lewis, Josh Morgan. And they voted in favor of D'Amelio as well, even though they were Goss voters back in the spring. Okay, so that's 7-6. These two other votes went to Joe Wabagijig, who was with Adelosa, and Joe got votes from Anna Hopkins and David Ferreira. And that's fine. They voted for Wabagijig back in the spring. They voted for him again here. That's fine. But the reason we have a ranked balloting process means that the lowest receiving votes selection drops off the ballot and we do it again. Here's where it got weird. Hopkins says that she isn't going to vote just doesn't want to. Here's the audio of her excusing herself from the meeting. Councillor Hopkins, sorry. Uh, yes, I'm just going to be excusing myself and if I can be asked once the uh, final vote has been um, given, I'll return. Okay. And that is exactly what she did. She comes back as soon as it's time to do the final vote to, to send Goss to the police services board. So that was one vote that folks may have thought was going for D'Amelio just based on political alliances and the fact that Hopkins expressed concern about the diversity of the police services board. But instead, that vote just vanishes, like Kaiser Sose. David Ferreira decided that Ryan Goss was a better candidate than Stephen D'Amelio, which that is his, that is his prerogative as a counselor. There's nothing wrong with that. However, those who are concerned about the lack of diversity on the police services board can, I think are going to have to acknowledge here that it wasn't just the quote-unquote conservative or more conservative members of council that voted Ryan Goss onto this board, but David Ferreira was also part of that, and he's not considered as part of that group of counselors. So this was an across-the-political-spectrum choice to put Ryan Goss on the London Police Services Board. Except for, of course, the situation where Anna Hopkins just decided to not vote at all. And she... Talked about that to the folks over at the London Free Press and said that she couldn't choose amongst the two candidates. There was some consideration that there was uh, maybe a candidate that she didn't necessarily like that was left. It just, it, it was a bizarre situation. And I've never seen anything quite like that. There's a difference between I have a conflict and can't vote at all on this particular issue. And there's fine, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the law. But I'm going to excuse myself for just this one particular vote. And I'm going to just come out and say it because the excuses have not been good enough that have been given to other media outlets. Uh, she did not want to choose Stephen D'Amelio for some reason. She did not want to select him. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But she didn't want to vote for Goss either. You, of course, were elected to make difficult decisions, counselor. And you should have picked either one or the other. That's how it works. I'm sorry the candidate that you like best wasn't on the ballot anymore, but you pick one or the other is how this works. You make difficult decisions. You don't just get to leave the room when it gets too hard. The other thing I've noticed before we bring Ryan Gossin, who's just outside the studio, he's going to come in shortly. When Ryan Gossin originally appointed, Josh Morgan got absolutely raked for it. 
absolutely raked. And you know what? I, I've got no problem with that. I think that the way that went down was worthy of criticism. I've got no problem with that. But now that the person or people who would be getting raked would be presumably the folks who voted for Goss or presumably the folks who didn't vote at all. We're not quite seeing that same level of vitriol. At least I'm not. So I don't get why a decision back in March was worthy of a whole lot of anger online and elsewhere in the community, including from people who used to be on council, including from past members of the police services board who were more than happy to go after Josh Morgan. But now that different counselors have come to the same conclusion that Ryan Goss is a pretty gosh darn good candidate for this, we're not hearing the same stuff. I find that to be fascinating. How did that happen? We'll probably break that down a little bit more uh, coming up later in the week. We're not doing roundtable this week just because it's a, it's a long weekend, but we're going to break that down a little bit more coming up. But right now I want to talk with Ryan Goss about what being on the police services board is going to be like. So we're going to take a quick pause here, then more of the Craig Needles podcast coming up here at ClassicRock981.com and LondonNewsToday.ca. We continue here on the Craig Needles podcast. And as promised, uh, the I, I don't think you're officially on the board yet. You still have to be sworn in. But Ryan Goss, the next member of the London Police Services Board, has joined us here in the studio. Hello, Ryan. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Craig. So first, your reaction to, I just sort of gave the audience the, the very quick Coles notes as to how the meeting last night, which took some time, went. Uh, I didn't think you were going to get on the Police Services Board. Now you are. Were, did you think you were going to get on the police services board? <laughs> um, or were you even watching the meeting? I, I was not yeah. watching the meeting. Um, actually, I we uh, as many people know, I my day job, I'm the director of operations and personnel for MP Peter Fregascados. Yeah. And uh, we actually had two ministers in town yesterday. Um, so I was uh, busy at work with uh, with Peter and with them. And uh, uh, I was not watching the meeting. Um, I, you know, I, I did receive a few text messages from people, uh, but uh, I, I, I didn't have the the play by play, so to speak. So uh, to answer your question, was I surprised uh, about the uh, about the result? Yes, I was. Um, was I was I happy with the result? Of course. And do I think that uh, I'm ready to roll up my sleeves and get to work? Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about first. The fact that you were appointed back in the spring, then we go through interviews and there's all this controversy and you're kind of getting dragged in a few spots and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll say it and you and I have talked about it before. I, I understood why people had said, hey, perhaps we needed to get another, uh, another diverse member of the police services board. I thought that was a reasonable position to hold. Nonetheless, we've been through all that. Is that water under the bridge now? How are you feeling about this process now that it ends up with the exact same spot that we were in at the end of March? Well, I have no control over the process. Right. I was an applicant, uh, one of 54, that uh, applied to an open and transparent process uh, for, uh, for a call that was put out by the City of London. Um, that's not my doing, and obviously I, I had no say in shaping that process. Um, do I see weaknesses and faults in the appointment process that the City of London uses for various boards, commissions, and committees? 
Absolutely. I've talked about this with you. I've talked about this, I believe, on your on your show before um, and other shows in, in the city of London. So I, I know that the governance working group is working on that right now. And hopefully they come up with a much better system. So frankly, no one ever has to go through this again because right. this has been an awful process. Like it, it, and like, it wasn't just you. Either. No, exactly. If you, if you look back to the library board, that was a, a fumbling too. So it wasn't just your appointment that was a weird one. No, exactly. And I think that we, you know, we have to learn from these mistakes and we, and, and we have to move forward. It, it was an incredibly hard process. Um, and uh, I'm, I, I'm very happy that it, that it's now concluded. Um, but I, I hope the city, you know, learns some important lessons from it and makes the necessary adjustments to it. For, for me, if you're asking me personally, is it water under the bridge? Yes, it is. Uh, I go in there now looking uh, to do what's best for our community and for all Londoners. And that's how I'm going to look at, you know, how I take on this role once I'm once I'm sworn in. Um, but I, I really hope that the governance working group uh, like gets on this like now, like I like and gets to a quick resolution. We know things can yeah. take a long time in City Hall, but there's going to be other vacancies that pop up. Uh, life happens. This is going to happen on various uh, different appointment opportunities. So they need to get this fixed and they need to find out kind of what the what the future vision is moving forward as to what that should look like. I have absolutely no idea. And I've been a firm believer that they need to have broad consultation. People need to have their voices heard and then they need to design a system that will work, try it out, make adjustments and go from there. Josh Morgan, the mayor of London, voted for you uh, to be on the police services board back in the spring. He did not this time around. He voted for Stephen D'Amelio, and Stephen's going to be on this podcast a little bit later. Um, and and Stephen, I've talked to him before. The pod, he had nothing but uh, great and complimentary things to say about you. He thinks you're going to do a great job. Uh, what's your relationship like with Josh Morgan right now? You managed his campaign, obviously, but now we've been through this whole mess. What is that? What's that mean for your relationship? Because you're going to be working together on this police services board. You're both going to be on there. Um, I don't think it means anything for our relationship, okay. frankly. Like I'm, I am a. I, I've worked in politics for for eight years. Um, I've worked on boards and committees for much longer than that. Um, Josh was elected uh, to be the mayor of a city of almost five hundred thousand people. Uh, he has to make tough decisions every day. I respect the role that he uh, he holds as mayor and that he needs to make decisions that he believes is best. Josh Morgan does not owe me anything. He does not owe me his vote. He does not owe me, um, you know, owe me, uh, uh, you know, a a roadmap of, of, of what he's going to do on any type of appointment. Uh, I ran, yes, I ran Josh Morgan's campaign. That's, that's no secret, mm -hmm. but I didn't run Josh Morgan's campaign to go onto the police services board. Like we had no idea there would be a vacancy on the police services board. This, this completely came out of left field. I was well done Josh Morgan's campaign and the association with that, um, partisan activity, uh, or, I guess not partisan, but electoral activity, let's mm -hmm. say. Um, uh, that was all said and done by the time that Miss Toth resigned from the board and then the vacancy be uh, became open. So um, I never even thought about it. I didn't apply for any uh, any position after the election because I was still working on tidying up Josh's campaign and getting things to, you know, kind of close the books and getting things to where they needed to be from a compliance perspective. So um, this... I know some people out there in Twitter land and that have thought this is a, this is a grand plan. This is not factually correct. I, I thought I had a skill set when um, that that I've developed over a, a, well over a decade, almost fifteen years, that mm -hmm. I thought I could offer when I saw this posting. I wanted to give back. I never want to run for political office ever, 
ever, full stop. And, and that's not like never say never, I'm saying never. I never wanna run for political office. I enjoy what I do, um, but I'll never be the person that has the name on the ballot. However, I saw this as an opportunity to use some of my experience and my skill sets to help our community. So I thought, you know, now's the time. I was always raised to give back when I can, to, you know, to lend a hand and, and to, you know, always if always try to prop up your community instead of just talking about what's what's what the weaknesses are. So that that were that was my true intention behind all of this. And then of course we, you know, everything happened after the the first vote took place and uh and you know we went through that process and now we here we are today and the reason i stuck it out the reason that that we're, we're sitting here today craig is that i truly believed that my intentions were pure and that i mm -hmm. that i was sticking around because i believed i can make a difference in this role and then i can give back and all i'm asking is that for those people who aren't happy about it give me a chance because i uh, you know i'll work very very hard at this and i'll represent all people Let's talk about the representation of all people there, because when you were first appointed in the spring, there was a lot of anger about that. And a lot of it was directed at you, directed at council. Uh, I've noticed a lot less of that anger this time. Not quite sure why that is. And we addressed that earlier in the podcast and I may address it again later. Uh, how are you going to work for, for all Londoners? Because the board is going to be 87% white. Uh, how does that alter the way that you perhaps look at certain issues? Are you going to have dialogue with, with underrepresented communities? How is that going to work for you as a board member? Well, absolutely. And, and for those, uh, who know me and, and know my day job, that's what I do every day. I, I work with different communities, um, across our city and across our region on a numerous, uh, uh, uh on a, on a on many, many issues, excuse me, um, and and obviously priorities for them and concerns that they have. So I know, I have those relationships. Um, obviously, could they be stronger with some groups? Absolutely. That's always a a uh, um, a relationships that I try to build and that I, I try to learn. I don't know everything, Craig, and and I'm not going to pretend that I have all the answers on everything. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to listen a lot more than I speak. I'm going to engage consistently. And I'm going to make sure that that people know that I'm that I'm approachable. That if they have a concern, that they can come to me. That they can talk to me. And and sure, am, am I going to make a decision sometimes as a, as one member of the police services board that has one vote that they may not agree with? Absolutely. But uh, am I going to listen to everyone and take everything into account? Absolutely. And and I ha I, I have those relationships. I've proven that I can have that dialogue. I've proven that I can listen and that I've proven that I can deliver results and I'm going to do everything in my power um, to continue to, uh, to to learn more and, and to be uh, open-minded on all the issues that come before the board. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that not everyone's going to be happy with every vote. I, I think that when it comes to the most contentious policing issues in the city, uh, you're, you'd be lucky to find a 70-30 split as far as who's going to be happy. Most of these things are going to be 60-40 splits as far as who's going to be happy with the choice and who's not. So that's uh, that's a hell of a line to have to ride as far as trying to keep people happy with what you're doing at the Police Services Board. And I think that's obviously part of why this is such a tough gig. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, <sighs> policing is 
it's it's a difficult subject and 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 you know what it's a difficult profession and it is it's difficult for everyone involved right there are the London Police Services Board and and frankly every police services board across the country and excuse me I should say not the boards per se but the police services themselves have work to do and relationships to repair and um and there is a a lack of a lack of trust amongst some with the police which I completely understand and that's something that that I know that the current leadership in the London Police Service is working on and and is is looking to improve on every single day at the same time I also feel as though that the that they're the London police themselves, the, the men and women who are who are, you know, putting their their lives on the line every day and every night to protect us um, also have had a very tough time. Uh, we are very, very under resourced here in London. We are one of the worst cities per capita in all of Ontario when it comes to the amount of police officers on the street. Um, there is a, a significant problem with recruitment and retention. Um, there's a significant problem with um, uh, the the image that policing has and the and, and that is causing further issues with getting people to come into the job or to stay in the job so uh, there there's so many different things and there's so many different issues that we're going to have to address and at the same time what i'm going to do is i'm going to keep an open mind on all of those and i'm going to listen to what all the different voices have to say including from the other uh people that are around the board table because they have a lot more experience on the london police services board than i do I'm not even sworn in yet. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, okay, A, B, C, D is what's going to be done. Here's how we're going to fix all our problems and, and you know, and I'll ha have me back in a year and we can talk about how great things are. That's not the case. Um, and and there's been a lot of work that, that has been done, which I need to learn about. Uh, there's a lot of things in progress that I need to learn about. And uh, I believe that the experience that I have working for a national police force will allow me to um, dissect that information and and take it in very quickly and then be able to actively contribute, uh, you know, off the bat. There were several former members of the London Police Services Board, including some former city councillors, who uh, petitioned council to not appoint you, which they didn't do back in the spring, but they have since done. Uh, what would you say to them? And have you heard from any of them since you've been reappointed, I guess? I've heard from no one. Okay. No, no, I, I've heard from no one that has publicly come out against my my first appointment. Um, I've heard from zero people uh, to uh, th that uh, in terms of those public roles. I've heard from a few people uh, uh, that that are within our community on Twitter, uh, mm -hmm. and I, you know I, I'm not going to get into names right now because I haven't spoken to them that I was going to be speaking here. So to be fair, so I heard from a few people who who raised some concerns on Twitter that had reached out to me through DMs, and one of which I, uh, him and I uh, him and I had a very good conversation, and another of which we had a uh, an hour long telephone conversations so we so I've had some conversations with people that have had some thoughts on social media but the ones that were the most vocal the ones that signed letters the ones that did media interviews um, there has not been uh, there okay. has not been outreach and there certainly has not has been no outreach since the this most recent appointment what would you say to someone who was angry about your first appointment and is trying to figure out how they feel about your second one well, I, I'm never going to tell someone how to feel. I, I, I respect that uh, that they that they have a difference of opinion as to what uh, who should be appointed to the London Police Services Board. Councils made their decision. Um, they've they've they they made a, an initial decision through SPPC. They went to council. They said, okay, let's let's redo this. Let's put a, a different process in place. That process played out. Um, you know, we we went through it, and now they've come up with this result. So. 
at, at this point in time, I, I would, you know, say that councils made their decision um, and, you know, concerns about the process or concerns about how this would handle, I would say you should speak to council about. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say to them that I, I completely respect that they, that they have the, the opinions that they hold um, and that I just ask them to keep an open mind. And if they ever want a dialogue, if they want to have a conversation, if they want to have a coffee to talk about issues, some of which some of those people have quite a bit of experience on the London Police yeah. Services Board, which I would welcome their thoughts. I would welcome um, maybe uh, some of that, you know, corporate knowledge, so to speak, that, that they would be able to offer. And, you know, I'm I am more than happy to engage with anyone and, and to learn. I don't know everything and I've never pretended that I do. Um, what I've said is that I have a skill set that I believe um, meshed very well with the posting that was put out by the City of London. And um, I, I still believe that, and I believe that my skills will be will be uh, will be helpful at, at the board table. But again, I'm one voice and one vote, and I look forward to uh, to sitting down with my fellow board members, with our chair, and and uh, and talking to them about uh, uh, their vision for the way forward. I know the last few months hasn't been super fun for you on a variety of levels. Uh, one quick question: Did you ever consider resigning? Or not resigning, but withdrawing your name, I should say, from the the process here. Was that something that you that crossed your mind ever? Well, it was it was very it, putting. I think it was putting mildly that it was difficult. It was yeah. it was very bad. Like yeah. you you saw, saw some of the yeah. some of the vitriol that I, that I faced, and uh, which was you know completely off base and abhorrent and yeah. and, and unfair, frankly. And then there was and it was some, bizarre. Just a lot of it was really, really bizarre. And in personal accusations that didn't make any sense. I think that we can disagree on whether you should be on the police services board and whether you were the right appointment. I think that there's all sorts of time for disagreeing with that. Personal attacks, I thought, was excessive. Exactly. Yeah. And then there were some people with some with some very fair and and um, uh, understandable criticisms yep. about the process. Completely get it. And some people were very, very good at separating me, Ryan, from the process. They were right. like, this isn't about Ryan. This is actually about these fundamental issues. We believe we need more diversity on the police services board. We believe we need X, Y, or Z. No. We and some people said, we just need a bigger police service Absolutely. Board, which I, I, which I'm fully on board with. So do I, for yeah. the record. Like, yeah. I, I really do it think should, that... I think council should have three seats. You know, I... I like, no, three councillors and three community members. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. And I think that that would be much better. It would just... It would give that many more voices around yeah. the table. I agree. Um, so, that, that said, um, did I think about resigning or, or, or st pulling myself back from the process. No, I didn't because at the end of the day, I knew what my intentions were here. I knew that I was trying to give back to my community. And I truly believe that you can want to serve your community and you can be a strong ally for for um, different groups within our community as well. The, the most marginalized communities, um, I, again, I've said this on your show before and I'll say again, I don't mm -hmm. care uh, um, what the, what your background is, you know, what your financial situation is, the color of your skin, the language that you speak, the disability that you have. I will work for you and I will listen to you and I will, I do not give preferential treatment. Anyone that knows me knows how, what I do for my day job, knows everyone that I engage with and I try to find avenues to help every individual that walks through our door. So I, I think you can you can be an ally. You can believe passionately in diversity and the importance that you know the importance of making sure that all voices are heard and still want to serve. So I, I really believe that the skill set that I offered at this time was a good complement to the London Police Services Board. I believe that I was 
in an open and transparent process that that was written by the city of London and that I had followed to the T that wasn't manipulated for me or for anyone else. Mm -hmm. So that's why I stuck around. So no, I, I decided that, you know, were some days worse than others? Sure. You know, were some days very hard, uh, you know? Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I knew that my intentions were, were in the right place and that I believe that I can, I could contribute. And then there was, there was no ulterior motive here other than community service. So I'm going to say something that uh, you may not agree with, but I'm going to say it. I think that your appointment, you come into the board with better footing because of the process that just happened. Because we've done this twice with two different processes and you wound up being the person both times. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? That, hey, maybe for the long term, not a fun time, but it may have turned out better for your appointment. I agree with you, actually. Mm -hmm. I, the reason I agree with you, Craig, is I think that we both agree that the process that they used the first time was flawed. Yes. We've talked about, you yep. and I have talked We've about this numerous yep. numerous times. We be, I believe the process was flawed. So, yes, I do believe that, that whether or not you agree that the second time around was the right process to use yep. or whether you think there's something else, that's a conversation for another day. But I think the second time around, the process was better than the first time around. So I do believe that for, for council to determine that I was the the applicant of choice two times now, and with this more robust process the second time does does do what what you what you have indicated. And I will say this, and I'm sure you've spoken about this uh, previously uh, on the podcast earlier on, is that votes shifted. I yeah. think that's a very important. Yep. A port, uh, important thing to state from people who voted for me, me the first time and people who voted for other candidates, there was shifting of votes and not yep. just a few, many. Yep. So I think that it shows that people went in with an open mind to the process. I am and the other um, applicants went into with an open mind to the process and the process worked in the in in the way that it should, and I, I'll be very clear. I would have accepted this process no matter who would have come out of it. Um, because if I didn't agree with the process and I thought it was flawed, I would have I would have done what you asked me before and I would have just withdrawn my name, mm -hmm. right? So as I've always said, and I said on your podcast before, council had every right to make the decision that they did the first time. They are democratically elected. If they felt that there was a problem, they put a new process in place. And then they, they have now voted, uh, voted a, a second time. And I respect that outcome. One thing that I want to say is that no matter how the vote would have went yesterday, it came down to myself and Stephen. Mm -hmm. Stephen is an incredible individual. He has done yeah. incredible work for our community. The work that he's done at Pride London should be commended. He is a very strong voice. He's a very strong advocate and he is passionate about what he believes in. So I would have been here because you spoke to him. You would have been speaking to me if the roles were reversed and I'd be saying the exact same words that I'm saying now because I've worked with Stephen before. Yep. Not a ton, not a ton. I'm the first to say that, but we know we know each other. We've 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 come across each other in our in our various roles, and and I have nothing oh. but but good things to say about him. And he would have he would have offered great things to the police services board. Uh, and and the deputy mayor Sean, Sean Lewis said this last night when it came when it became clear it was going to be one of the two of you. He's like, no matter who this is, we're getting a great candidate for the police services board. No matter who this winds up being. And I, I think that that is, is fair to say. And, and again, and I, I've said this on the podcast before, I thought that there was an issue with council having a lack of reading the room when it comes to racialized candidates on the police services board. But if we're going to do this two times and you come out as the 
as the nominee two times, then then it's you. That's it. Like we're not do, we're not doing it a third time. Like that's that's and I think that people are just gonna have to adjust to that and acknowledge that. Plus, you got support from people that you didn't get support from last time, as you acknowledged. So I think there's a little bit more of a broad base of support of people who have voted for you at least once during one of these processes now than there would have been back in the spring. Uh, absolutely, and and I think to the people who didn't vote for me or that uh, you know that. Um, uh, voted for me once or or and, and decided not to vote for me the second time uh, I, again i'm I, I respect their decision and, and i'm i'm it's not like i'm not going to take their call if they have a concern that they want to bring up to me right it's not like there's any hard feelings or bad blood right the uh, i've got this question which you previously asked about the mayor multiple mm. times today people are like well how how is your relationship our relationship is fine and uh, i again like i said the mayor has a job to do um, there, you know, there is not, it's not like, um, I would sit there being upset because he made a decision that, you know, unfortunately would have, you know, if, if, it, if it went the other way would have meant that I wouldn't be getting the appointment. He has to think about all Londoners and he has to think about what's best for, um, uh, for the community. So if he believed that through the interview process that his mind had shifted, then I respect that. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, each counselor had their own process and you heard some of them, uh, some of them talk about it yep. uh, where they said, you know, I have a differencing of opinion than you. That's democracy. That's that's what yep. I think we want. And there, I, I think that we have to say that, again, I didn't see the whole meeting, but from what I've heard, there was a lot of exchanging of opinions yes. uh, on visions, on thoughts on particular candidates, on where the board should be going. That's healthy, right? That That is healthy. And from what I understand, it was very respectful and diplomatic and cordial that's how it should be again it, it's kind of the strange stuff that happened off to the side there uh with twitter and social media where some people just started to make it very personal that was the big that was one of the big concerns yeah. in this process so if we're going to have dialogue like that hey i'm all for it and if that means that sometimes it's not in support of me or something that i believe in i'm okay with that because maybe i'm going to learn something from that and maybe that i can adjust my way of thinking so last question before I, I let you go here, because I know that you've got things to do and you got to head back to the office. This was a, a process that was lengthy. It wasn't always fun all the time. But now you are a member of the London Police Services Board. What are the, the key things that you want to be looking at as you get onto the board? I'm not saying what are the changes you're going to make to the way, way policing is done in London, because you already acknowledge that that's not necessarily how you want to come into this thing. But what are the biggest problems facing London Police right now in your estimation? Well, first and foremost, I, I, as I mentioned, uh, as I've mentioned already today, I, I want to sit down with the uh, the board, our, our chair, Ali Chabar, and with uh, our various uh, other board members and, and really kind of listen to them and, and hear their thoughts. So I'm not going to really say that, like, here are my, you know, here's my to do list, so to speak. But if you're asking about my specific concerns or what I think is kind of really uh, troubling the police service right now, I, I believe it's uh, I alluded to it before both of these points. But I think there is relationships that need to be repaired and they need to be uh, worked on, uh, not only with various groups within our community, but also too with the, the general public right now, the service standard that the that the London Police Service is is providing is not where it needs to be, and we look and I you know I was on a ride along months ago and there was 180 calls in the queue. Yeah. I heard the other day there was another 150 calls in the queue. I'm not blaming the London Police Service for that. 
there are structural issues with the amount of people that are available that um, that we that, and that the need, amount of incidents that we have exactly yeah. that need to be addressed. We need more police officers on the street. And I, I think that a big part of repairing that relationship is really making sure that the, the police can be relied upon when you call 911, that you know that they're going to be there in an instant. And so my biggest thing is to look at what's broken in the recruitment and retention uh, of the London Police Service right now. What can we do to improve that? How can we look to recruit numbers? Because it's challenging for all police forces, not just London, right across from the RCMP, OPP, LPS, they are having problems getting qualified applicants uh, to be police officers. And it's a very important job with a lot of power and authority. So with that, we need to look at how do we, you know, how do we as a police services board give the tools to our leadership to make sure that they can a retain and b make sure that they can re actively recruit and get them trained because it, again it's not just about throwing a whole bunch of money at it you can have all the money in the world you have to train these police officers so you know we have to look at uh, the ontario police college we have to look at how they're being trained can we get bigger class sizes what are we able to do and, and these are these i don't have the answer to, to that we have to have substantive conversations with various levels of government to find out how we can fix mm -hmm. this problem but that's one big thing i i, I want to look at the other big thing is as we know we have a, a, a mental health and addiction and homelessness crisis in our city and a and a big program that i support that london police services does is the COAST program. Um, for your listeners who don't know, the COAST program is where a social worker is paired with a police officer and they're in the car with them. That program needs to be expanded and needs to be expanded rapidly and quickly. And I need to I need to see more numbers. I need to find out the costs associated to that, what the practicalities are. But the fact is that we need more social workers uh, uh, partnered with our police officers um, because police officers are expected by some to be social workers and they're not trained to do that and we need to make sure that we are that, that we are engaging with vulnerable populations correctly and i think that the coast program is 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 a big way to do that and it's something that i'm going to be pushing for uh, in terms of our downtown i think we need to look also too at, at the core team we need to look at at various things but one thing i want to say is that what is going to guide me in in every vote that i make is i will never compromise on public safety I want people in this community to feel safe always. I want your wife, your mom, your your brother, your sister, your children to feel safe when they walk down the street. And right now, from what I'm hearing in my day job, there's many people in London who don't. So we need to make sure that public safety is at the, is at the core and that we are giving uh, the London Police Service the tools they need to be able to achieve their mandate. And, and, and that police know too that, that we're behind them, that we're behind the important work that they do, that we're going to have difficult conversations when something's not working or something's mm -hmm. going wrong, but that we are going to support you because you're doing a an, an very, very important job. Um, and they're not, they haven't, Craig, they haven't always been supported. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, uh, sometimes they've just been left out on their own. And that I think is a, there is a morale issue that we also need to get mm -hmm. our hands around and something that from an HR perspective, when I was with the RCMP, you see in other police forces as well, something that I really, really want to kind of add my thoughts on and, and how we can try to improve that. But we need to give uh, our men and women in uniform the tools that they need. We need to give them the resources. We need to make sure that we support them and that they have their back to do their job effectively. And then we need to adjust when things don't work. Um, so that that's what... Uh, 
you know, what are a few things for me that I think are the biggest challenges facing the force right now? We can go on and on for a little, uh, uh, for, for much longer than you have. But um, those are some of my initial thoughts of where I will be looking and where my conversations will be centered around. And again, this is all about relationships with the police. Relationships are imp- very, very important. And uh, I, I am ready to listen to any stakeholder, any community, any individual that, that, that has uh, a concern. And, uh, you know, I will, I will listen to that and uh, uh, always, always uh, have an open mind. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good spot to leave it. I really want to thank you for uh, for coming in and chat with us. And congratulations on the appointment, and uh, I'm hoping that, uh, that that things continue to go well, and uh, then it's a, it's a smooth uh, it's a smooth start for you there. Well, thank you very much, and I'd uh, like to um, thank you for inviting me in, and uh, I look forward to getting to work to su- to support our our police services. That's uh, Ryan Goss, who will be the next member of London Police Services Board, uh, the, the runner-up for this particular position. Stephen D'Amelio is going to be the next guest on the Craig Needles podcast, which is coming up very shortly. And as promised, Stephen D'Amelio joining us here on the Craig Needles podcast to uh, discuss what happened with uh, council yesterday and his uh, narrow miss on being appointed to the London Police Services Board. Uh, hello, Stephen. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, what was your reaction to what happened yesterday? Because and I tweeted out for a little while, I thought that you were going to get on the board and then things kind of changed. I don't know if you were watching it live quite like I was, but uh, give me sort of the play by play from your perspective as to what happened. Yeah, I, I watched it live as well, and um, you know, I, I have to say it was it was very humbling, and and uh, and and I can mention this too earlier was it was very uh, surprising for me to uh, see that I had the support of so many council members, including the mayor. Um, so that was uh, such a such a positive thing, and and uh, and I'm I'm very very happy that I was uh, on the short list and and did make it through to uh, to such a narrow win. Uh, um, so it's it's something again that I'm I'm very very happy with and uh, and I think that um, you know it was a difficult choice and I totally understand uh, that there's a lot uh, to to take into account when making these decisions. So again, I'm very thankful for the opportunity and I, and I look forward to continuing to work with uh, various council members and and even Mr. Goss himself hopefully in the future. Uh, yeah, I, I hope so as well. And I noted that various council members said that. Uh... So that you're not only uh, good to work with and, and, and expressed uh, uh, gratitude for your community advocacy, but uh, they also said you're a pretty fun guy to hang out with, too. So I guess that would have been nice to hear. <laughs> uh, yes, it was certainly nice to hear for sure. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned uh, working with uh, with Ryan in the future. Uh, one of the, the reasons why we went back to the drawing board and the police services board uh, nomination here was because there was some concern that uh, there wasn't going to be enough voices from uh, minority communities uh, uh, on the police services board. Uh, you are not only a black man, but you are uh, the former president of Pride London uh, Festival. So you have a lot of experience working with uh, minority communities in London. Uh, what perspectives do you think you would have brought to the board? And do you still hope to share those perspectives with Ryan Goss and other members of the police service? board oh absolutely and and i've been very happy to work with uh the police services and various members um of of their 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 committees and and i'm extremely happy to continue to work with uh yvonne who's uh the uh city's black community uh outreach liaison um but it's it yeah it was something that um i'm i, I definitely felt that i had um, a unique perspective. Um, intersectionality, I think, is something that a lot of people in our city experience, whether it's 
due to their race or due to their sexuality or anything else uh, that happens to come up in their lives or who, who makes them up as an individual. Um, and so, yes, I, I thought I certainly brought, um, as you mentioned, different perspectives and, and different experiences. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that I thought uh, there was a possibility of maybe me, um, you know, highlighting some of my experiences within the governance and bylaw um, within the organization. So, you know, giving a better understanding of my understanding within regards to policy. And I think that was um, some of the hesitation that uh, that we saw. Um, but again, I'm I'm very humbled and and very very um, honored to be in that in that short uh, in that short list of individuals and and to make it to that point. So um, I I do look forward to hopefully working with Mr. Gauss in the future and and other individuals on that committee. And um, it, it's like Mr. Lewis had said, Mr. Uh, uh, Sean Lewis had indicated that um, you know they had two highly qualified individuals and uh, whoever uh, didn't happen to take that uh, position, um, they encouraged them to be involved um, in other committees. And, and that is certainly something I'm, I would love to be involved in and, and uh, look towards the future of. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the, the talk at council and uh, uh, there was an interview process and they mentioned that uh, a couple of councillors mentioned you had a very strong interview. What was the interview process like? What kind of questions were they asking? I don't know. I don't know how much of this you're allowed to get into and you can, uh, you can tell me what you can and can't say, but what was the interview process like? Um, well, they, you know, they, they did touch on it a little bit um, where they said that it was, you know, about 15 of them um around a table and uh and you were kind of situated uh at the head of it um and uh they went around and and asked questions that uh were very uh, pertinent to uh, the role and and uh, the future of that uh that position and 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 so it was something that i think is extremely helpful uh because it it did give both an insight uh for for council members um as well as the individuals who were uh, doing doing the interview uh, so myself included obviously i it gave an opportunity for us to really understand um, some of the important uh, issues and, and also how certain council members uh, maybe felt on certain issues and, and what they would like to see um, out of uh, the police uh, the police committee. So I, I was really happy with that. Uh, it certainly was a bit uh, daunting, as they indicated, but uh, uh, the questions were, were again, were, were very pertinent towards what uh, what the role would entail. And and what an individual's perspective might be uh, when it comes to, you know, police activity, uh, safety, and, and and really security with regards to the, the the city. What do you think the key issues are facing policing right now, and and facing this community? Because look, there there are some crime troubles in the city of London. I don't think anyone would uh, would dispute that. So, what do you hope the board focuses on in the next few months, and and really the next few years here? You know, it was highlighted in our meeting, but I personally think that um, we, we're certainly going to see an uptick as we are currently seeing of uh, homelessness. Um, and that correlates to crime, um, which unfortunately is also um, also kind of tangled in with, with mental health. Um, it's not just individuals that, I mean, we've all kind of um, known that there's, there's a limited space for individuals with a long history. But there's also a problem with individuals who are experiencing, um, you know, uh, mental health issues currently. Um, and this goes for all ages. Um, and so I, I, I see homelessness being an issue. I see crime continuing to be an issue. Uh, I see mental health being a, a very big issue that uh, I believe is probably the biggest issue that most cities are going to be dealing with, in, including ours. 
Um, and I, I do feel like, as I indicated in my answers, I do feel like, I do feel like, um, there is a need for the city to work with the, the provincial government and the federal government and all other parties, uh, locally to, to find better solutions. Cause I think that is certainly going to be an issue that, uh, is going to proceed, uh, this year and, and move forward as an issue moving forward. Are, are you worried about the lack of, uh, black and indigenous person of color representation on the police service board because that's that's why we had this whole interview process kind of start from scratch again after ryan gross originally appointed uh, are you worried about that and do you think that will uh, uh make it difficult on the board to properly oversee policing in the city um well i i think that it there is so there's multiple issues with this i think with regards to am i concerned no um, I think that the police, uh, the police themselves, um, and, and everyone that's involved, I think is looking at this from a perspective of what is the best solution, um, and, and the best person to, to lead. I don't think it's, uh, being focused entirely on, um, you know, what is the makeup that being said, I, I certainly do acknowledge that, um, this has obviously been something that's been talked about and, and has been pressed on. Um, and I do hope that in the future, um, other individuals like myself that are, Represented within, you know, the Black community, the Indigenous community, um, the Muslim community, any community really that uh, is is of a, of a minority group does feel um, comfortable applying and and putting their name forward, and hopefully, um, like we saw this last time, fifty four candidates applied. Um, hopefully, there is one candidate uh, that does that does kind of set themselves apart um, and and is able to move forward. But it, it should. It always should be based upon, you know, who is the best for that position. So does it concern me? No. Um, do I think there is a possibility of this maybe becoming um, a bit of an overshadowing issue for the police? There's, I think, always that possibility. Um, but I think that Mr. Goss is going to do his very best. Um, and I think that the police are going to continue to do their very best as well. So I'm, I'm very happy and confident to continue to work with them and, and work with Mr. Goss and hopefully provide some of that perspective that, um, as you indicated, and some others have indicated that might be missing, um, because of that experience that might not be there. Um, and so again, I'm, I'm very, it's just, it's very humbling, uh, to be in this position. And so I, I, I don't, I don't feel that there is a concern, uh, but I do feel that there is, um, a lot of positivity and, and hope. I'm glad that you feel that way. And and I know that some people uh, would have been turned off by this process, but uh, it, it doesn't seem like that's uh, that's where you're at here. Uh, and I think that there are uh, there are some things that I think were positives that came out of this process. And I'm glad that uh, that, that council gave you a bit of a, a a bit of a longer look here when we went back and we did those interviews. I think that's uh, that's worth the time. Anything else, Stephen, that you want to get to before we uh, wrap up our chat here? Um, I, you know, I'll just say, as I said, as I said before, it is, it's extremely humbling and, and it's a privilege to, to, to be considered. And I, I have nothing but, um, you know, positive, uh, feelings towards this whole process. And I, I really do look forward towards the work that Mr. Goss and uh, the rest of the councils are going to be able to do. Um, and I myself, I'm, I'm very happy with working towards, uh, you know, creating a better world and, and, and really a better city. <laughs> Um, it is something that I've always done. Public life is something that I'm, I'm very interested in. So I don't think this will be the last that you'll see of me. And I, and I certainly look towards, um, even my own nonprofit that I've recently started called Common Ground. So, um, there is a lot of work to do and, and I'm really happy to continue to do it. 
Uh, were there any counselors that you were disappointed in that, that that didn't vote for you or surprised that they did vote for you? Was, was there any of that that was going on when you were watching the meeting? I wanted to ask you that before we wrap up. Yeah, you know, I, I'll be honest. I was actually a bit taken back that um, uh, our, our mayor had uh, voted for me. Um, I I was that was fairly humbling. Um, it was also humbling to hear um, Councillor Schuyler, uh, who also had some very glowing words about me from the very get go. Um, and and I, I honestly, as I said, it was just humbling to hear uh, the positivity and and the feeling that there was. Um, you know, a, a vote behind me there. Um, I didn't, I did not feel surprised to hear that uh, there was um, feelings of, towards other individuals because there was a, a fantastic list of candidates to go through. So, but that, that was the thing that uh, kind of, I'll be honest, I was sitting here and watching it and I was like, my goodness, I'm watching my life to, you know, possibly change in front of my eyes. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was really, really um, awe inspiring and, and, and hopeful. It It really did, you know, provide a spark to me to continue to uh, put my best foot forward and continue to try to do what's best for our community. Uh, Stephen, this is a great chat. I really enjoyed uh, having a chance to uh, have a conversation with you. Thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you again. There's Stephen D'Amelio here on the Craig Needles podcast. And just before we wrap up here, I- I've just got to say the way this played out, nobody should be happy with this. I don't think anyone comes out of this looking good. It was not a good series of events for the city of London. It was not a good series of events for the police services board, for council. And we've got to go back to the drawing board, I think, permanently on how these appointments are made. But I keep coming back to this point. I do wonder, and hey, maybe people are just tired. They don't want to say anything. I don't know. But there was so much negativity when Ryan Goss was appointed the first time that I haven't seen nearly as much of this time. But I'm wondering, are people just cool with this now? And I'm going to take this question to Twitter. Are, are people just okay with how this has gone? All right, we've done the process twice. Ryan has come out on top both times. We're fine with this. Or was this a situation where political opponents of the mayor, and hey, if you want to be critical of the way the mayor handled this, I think that's fine. I was critical of, of what happened. There's nothing wrong with that. But did political opponents of the mayor sort of see an opportunity here back in March for the first time in his term to really get at something, seize on that. And now that the mayor kind of voted on their side, are they kind of backing away because Anna Hopkins and David Ferreira and Elizabeth Pelosa are less convenient villains in this particular story than the mayor was? I I honestly don't know. I'm wondering what you think. Like I said, I'm going to take this to Twitter, but it's... It's something that I think everyone should look back on with some regret as far as how it played out. And I like to believe that's the case. That's all the time we have here in this lengthy edition of the Craig Needles podcast. Again, no roundtable on Friday because we've got the, the holiday weekend coming up. But I do want to thank Ryan Goss and Stephen Emilio for being guests on this edition and all of you for downloading, listening to, and subscribing to the Craig Needles podcast here at ClassicRock981.com and LondonNewsToday.ca. The Craig Needles podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network. 